Welcome back to another episode of the Protect the Asset podcast. If you believe that personal trainers deserve to have a sustainable career that offers them both freedom and financial security, then you're in the right place. This podcast is all about building a results-driven personal training career that helps you feel calm, confident, and in control of your future. It's time to stop sacrificing your health and happiness in the pursuit of an unsustainable career. Stop trading time for money, paying gym rent, or working for someone else. Are you ready to take ownership of your career goals and start building a career that allows you to work less and earn more? It's time to protect your number one asset. My guest today is personal trainer and online coach, Jack Turner. Jack was working in a Melbourne-based gym when COVID hit. So he had to move his personal training career online as all gyms in Melbourne went into lockdown. In hindsight, it's been a blessing for Jack as his online career has grown very quickly. In fact, it grew so quickly that Jack was close to burnout and he had to stop marketing his online services until he could find a way to free up more time. In this episode, we talk about systems and processes, choosing a niche, online marketing, time management, mentors, and Jack's future plans to build a team to help him manage the demand for his online company, State of Motion. So grab your notebook and prepare to jot down some of the tips and tricks Jack shares in this episode. Currently, I'm a full-time online trainer and I've only transitioned in the last year to being fully online. I used to have a face-to-face business. I, I mostly specialize in teaching handstands and bodyweight and gymnastic strength styles of, of methods. And along with that, to working with some, some really cool gyms and stuff, I've learned some holistic health nutrition stuff as well. So I kind of add that as like my package too. But yeah, at the moment, it's, it's fully online and I'm just like pretty much trying to get that whole thing, cranking, make it a viable thing, you know? That's awesome. Awesome to hear. I really want mm. to un- unpack that and especially sort of that transition that you've had from, you know, working face-to-face with clients to, you know, building the online business that you've got now. When you were back at the gym, like whereabouts were you working and what was the catalyst for you to leave that and start working towards this? Yeah. So I've been in gyms for a long time, uh, working in like commercial gyms. I was in uh, Genesis. I worked at the South Pacific, even like a YMCA. And that was like really early on in my career. And I was, I was kind of just going through the motions, to be honest, like, I don't know figuring it out but also like didn't really know that I could make this an actual career like worth like pursuing and then I did a lot of traveling in between my time like when I first got started and I came back from a trip and went to Fifth Element and that's pretty much where like I kind of realized that you could actually do this well like you could actually you could actually help people really really like meaningfully with their health and with their training in like all, all kind of aspects. And I'd come from doing like a bit of um, yoga and meditation stuff as well. So I kind of like, I kind of pieced all this stuff together when I was at Fifth Element and it kind of like all kind of clicked for me quite well. And I was getting mentored by Dave, had this idea of going online, but didn't know how I could kind of like gel it all together. And I think I, like at Fifth Element, it made sense how it could all kind of work in a way. And then COVID hit. And that kind of forced me to go online. So like COVID was like the biggest blessing ever because I had no choice but to kind of like pursue that option. And I've been thinking about it for ages, just like forced me into online and never looked back since really. If it wasn't for COVID, where would you be now? (laughs) 
Well, honestly, like, because I was planning on leaving uh, Fifth Element and I honestly had no idea how I was going to transition because I was so like, I was doing lots and lots of hours at Fifth and I was keen to kind of go out and do my own thing. And the online space still seemed so foreign to me. So I was like, I wouldn't have just gone straight into that. There's no way. I would have like waited another couple of years or something. And then COVID was just like, oh, well, you've kind of got no choice. Now you have to go online. <laughs> and just as well you did, mate, because obviously Melbourne was in lockdown for a long period of time and gyms were shut for such mm. a long period of time. It would have been difficult to survive if you hadn't pivoted and, and made that decision to, you know, obviously go online. Where did you start? So like, obviously COVID's hit, the gyms are shut. Like, what was your first sort of call to action that you did to start building this career online? The first thing I did, like, probably like what most people would do is just kind of Google searched, just was like trying to basically do as much research as I could as to how you actually do it. And all like, as soon as you start searching, people probably have found this as well. Like you just get hit with ads and ads and ads like of online trainer coaches and stuff. And so I kind of like fell victim to marketing the first time and went into a course that I wasn't really ready to do. But it was great because it kind of like opened my eyes to how like a system could work online, like what the process could look like. And that was with a company called TribeFit. And to be honest, I kind of didn't really get that far with that course. I did it for a bit and then I was still doing face-to-face at the time and it just like never really went anywhere. And then I, I kind of like went away from the online thing for about like maybe like six months and then I got hit by more ads (laughs) this time I did a bit more due diligence and like figured it out and then I committed to this course and I was like ready to actually fully do it and yeah and that that was the beginning like a year ago when it actually like started taking off and I started getting some some clients so there was a period obviously that you were maybe doing a hybrid stuff where you were in person and online at the same time I was trying but like in my head I was calling myself an online trainer but I didn't really have many like clients i was like trying to convince myself that i was already an online trainer and telling people that i was but i'd have like one or two clients when the transition happened it happened really quickly like i went from zero or two clients to like 60 clients in about two months and so that forced me out of the the face-to-face and it's like all right now i actually am an online trainer (laughs) (laughs) that's it mate that's awesome growth to go from two to 60 in such a short period of time because a lot of coaches, when they move online, the hardest thing they find is like, how do I attract clients online? Obviously, working in the gym, we've sort of got this audience that comes to us, you know, and it's a lot easier to pick up clients. What do you put your success down to? How did you go about building such a rapid growth of, you know, client uptake? I think like, like honestly, it, like lockdowns definitely had a big part in it. Like a lot of people didn't know what their options were and they were stuck at home. And I basically marketed myself or positioned myself in that market as like handstands and gymnastics you can do basically anywhere. So like you can work out at home, you can get better results than you've ever gotten before. And, you know, you don't need anything apart from a set of rings or whatever. And so I think that was like really beneficial. And, and I think like I got lucky with the timing, but at the same time, I still had to do the work to actually get the the leads. So it wasn't like they just fell into my lap or anything, mm. but I think that was, that was a big part of it. And then also like, because I already had, because I was doing this course, I had a system in place that was like ready to go. And so when the leads started coming in, I could actually take 60 clients on and be like, oh yeah, cool. I've got a process. Like I've got a sales script. I've got like this process and it kind of like worked quite well. If I had just like, 
started marketing it with no plan or, or, or system, I would have just been like stuffed at 10 because I would have had to make it all, do all the videos and like get it all going. Yeah. So I think like having a structure was probably one of the, the main things that I succeeded quite early and like having that solid. And then the only thing that became a bottleneck in the end was me, not my actual uh, system. It was just, I couldn't actually take on more people. Well, 60 is a big number to deal with, mate, like <laughs> doing, doing that many clients. Yeah. So what did you learn from that experience? You and I have sort of touched base and I know what sort of happened to you when that sort of influx of clients happened, but can you share with the listeners mm. what happened then? Long story short, I burnt out and mostly because I still had like a, an in-person business and it was turned off because of COVID. And so those clients were still sitting there and they didn't want to go online. And so I got 60 new clients all online that weren't in-person clients. And when lockdown finished, I had like a 30-hour-a-week in-person business and then 60 online clients. So I had like 90 clients almost in total. And I was just like, oh, shit. <laughs> I was like burnt out beyond, beyond belief. It was more just like, like... I think I actually could have managed the workload, but mentally just thinking about all the stuff that I had to do and like the pile just getting bigger and bigger, I just like completely burnt out and fizzled. So I, like I would have just cut my in-person business a lot sooner just mm. because online is where I wanted to go anyway. And the in-person thing was just like really draining my time and my energy. And I still enjoyed it. And I loved my clients, but it just like ruined me in the end. So, so what did you do when that happened? Like when you were burnt out and you'd realized that I, I, I'm taking on more than I can handle. I stopped all marketing, basically, like all social media stuff. I just stopped because I couldn't take on any new clients. And then I, I set a date to when my in-person business was going to finish. And I was like to my clients, look, we've got 30 days together. That's it. And then it's done sort of thing. You've got the option to move online. Like I can find another trainer for you, like in Melbourne or whatever. And then... As that was kind of happening, I was gradually burning out. It wasn't like uh, like a straight off the cliff kind of job. Doing all these hours, it's gradually getting worse and worse. <laughs> and then by the time I actually cut my in-person business off, I was just like finished. I kind of did a really poor job of that because <laughs> I was so over it. Mm. And then like a lot of clients started dropping off as well because my effort was just not there because I couldn't put it in. And it was just like a bit of a spiral out of control. So... I ended up gathering myself and, and kind of saving it so it didn't like go to zero. But mm. I definitely learned a lot from burning out. Like it definitely taught me a lot about my own energy and what I can give in terms of work. You know? It's definitely important, mate. Now that you've gone through that experience, have you realized that there's sort of a limit with your online business as well and where that can grow to in terms of the number of people you can serve? What I've kind of learned now is the, the business will grow to its like closest restraint. There is definitely limits to how everything is set up now and I'll grow to that point and then I'll have to like overcome the systems or whatever and change that to then grow to the next level. The biggest bottleneck at the moment is me because I'm the only one uh, in the team mm. and so they'll get to a point where i can't do the sales calls because I've, I've got too many or i've got too many clients and i have to hire a trainer or something like that when i get to that point i'll have to overcome those uh, challenges of hiring and shit like that but for now like I, I honestly don't know what the limit is i actually don't know like because i haven't hit it so i don't think it's 60 clients it could be like 100 clients i would start hiring way before 100 clients so it's a good realization to have and it's nice to see that you've got that in the back of your mind and you realize that as the business grows there is going to be a need to revisit the processes and systems that you have in place 
um, so that you can become, I suppose, more productive in a sense in terms of how you use your time. Yeah, yeah for sure. And I think as well, like, I'd actually be able to help people better that way. You know, like, the service would be better if I wasn't just overworked and smashed all the time. And that's kind of what I learned from the last burnout was, like, I really dropped off my service and like the care that I was giving to clients because I just had no care to give. Like I was trying to like hold on to the care for myself because I was like just in a bad headspace. That was the biggest lesson because I try and give as much as I can, but you just can't give when there's nothing there. You can't give, you know? I think a lot of coaches go through that, mate, with their in-person business. We work such crazy hours in the gym and we're not taking care of our own health. We're lacking sleep. We're lacking you know, routines and everything that's obviously taking care of ourselves. I'm a big advocate of the, the health and fitness industry promotes health, but it fails to support it. And the only way I've seen with coaches that they can actually build a sustainable career is by moving their career online or having some sort of online element to their career that allows them to grow their business and obviously make a wage that doesn't require them to work such stupid hours. Is that the same for you when you reflect back on, you know, the time you had in the gym and where you are now? Yeah, like that is exactly my headspace. It was like, if I want to do this long-term, I can't do like 40 sessions a week, you know, or my only options are either go online and start making like packages and then servicing people that way or up my prices like crazy, get really specialized in like one thing and then just up my price like to the, through the room. And then cut my sessions back that way they were both really good options but i think the online space is still like way better in terms of i can be where i want i can move to queensland i can train when i want i can go for a surf i can do all these things that i couldn't do if i was in a gym for 10 hours a day yeah exactly mate it's all about the freedom you've mentioned a couple of times you know that you've you've been very specific about choosing a niche is that something that just came naturally to you? Was that part of the course? Like, how did you fall into this niche or was it very deliberate? Good question. Like, just gradually kind of happened over time. And like, when I was first in gyms, I wasn't like a niche trainer. I was just training like general population, doing whatever whatever they kind of wanted, to be honest. It wasn't like I was teaching them what I thought was good for them. I was just like trying to keep them happy <laughs> so they wouldn't leave me. <laughs> this sounds so desperate. <laughs> But, but now, like, the course itself didn't actually teach me too much about niche. It was more, like, what I'm actually interested in. And I was, like, stuck to that because I enjoy it. Like, like bodyweight training is so much more enjoyable just for me. And then because I've uh, focused on that, I've, like, excelled a bit better at that stuff. Now people kind of, like, seek me out. It would be so much harder going online if you didn't have a niche that you were kind of into. It doesn't even have to be that that crazy of a niche. You don't have to go and learn handstands. It's like you could just be uh, a weight loss coach that's really focused on mindset or, like, headspace stuff. Or you could oh. be a, a frigging obstacle course racer, whereas you would do the same style of training, but you just niching yourself as, like, an obstacle course racer. Why is you know, having a niche for you being something that's been important and probably led to the success that you've had. When you're more niched, you obviously attract a very specific person that's trying to come to you, but also like you're very clear on what you're actually fitting and what the problem is you're solving. And that way, like when you're clear about that, you actually help people a lot better. Like if I wasn't really clear on what I did, when people come to me and they've got all these different goals, all these different things, I'm not actually focused on helping them achieve a single thing, focusing on too many different areas and, and not being specific. So I think niching, like for me, has been very powerful because 
now when people come to me, it's really clear like what they want to learn. It's not like someone's not coming to me to learn how to powerlift or to freaking deadlift squat or whatever. They're coming to me to learn handstand. It's like, oh, I know that really well. So I can actually help you really well with that. But if someone was like a deadlift, like, like I know how to do it, but I'm not like a pro at a deadlift. I think niching has been like super powerful and it makes it a lot easier for you to actually like put your message out there to know what to post about, to know what to talk about, to know like how to actually market yourself. If you don't have a niche, you just be like saying random shit, all different messages and it wouldn't actually make any sense to your audience. Yeah, it's really powerful and it's great to see that you've got a good understanding of why to have a niche and also how to use that niche in terms of your marketing. Before you sort of said that, you know, you could turn away your in-person clients because, you know, you are now an online coach. You, not only do you know what you do, you also know what you don't do. So your example mm. there of the deadlift is if someone comes to you and they want to be a deadlift champion, well, you're not the coach for them. You can easily say, no, look, you're going to have to go and find someone that's going to help you achieve that goal. If you want to learn handstands, come and see me. It gives you that freedom and the ability to scale. Like you're not trying to serve a hundred different clients with a hundred different goals. You've got this ability to, you know, work with clients all with the same goals. So the systems and processes that you're building and putting into place aligns, you know, with exactly your audience. So yeah, definitely a great thing, mate. Let's dig a bit deeper into terms of those systems and processes that you've set up. And obviously niching is one. What, what's something else that you've found to be very helpful in terms of building this online career? Good question. There's a lot in terms of marketing, just getting really, really clear on your niche is the first thing. And then like I create like a bit of a social media plan because that's where most of my clients come through at the moment anyway. And so just having a really consistent plan on what to post and like I think of it from like I've got a little whiteboard written up what does my clients or avatar want to actually see or want to get value from so every time I'm doing a post or doing uh, TikTok or whatever I'm trying to think of like what is the audience getting from my post and that way when people see your stuff maybe they're not your avatar they see or if they do want to learn how to handstand, now they follow you. So you're actually getting the right people to follow you. I think that's been super powerful. And as well, like having a plan and a structure around it. Every time I go to post, I'm not sitting there cooking my lid being like, freaking hell, what am I going to post? Like, I just go, yep, cool. Monday's post. I'm doing this on breakfast. Cool. Like make the video. It's like a lot easier when I plan it all. So that's been big. Also just around like, I didn't, I didn't realize how much work you had to put in to get leads. Like it's been probably the hardest thing to get my head around, like how much volume you actually have to do to find the right leads. And so cold messaging has been a big part of my strategy like earlier on. And so I would uh, try and get followers through posts and stuff, reach out to them, message them, try and find people like in groups, things like that, that are like part of my niche. So I wouldn't go into a group that has like, bikini body for mums or whatever it would be like a calisthenics page and i would be trying to like talk to people interact in groups and things like that yep. and that's probably the thing that's been the hardest because i'm not, not good at that i'm good at interacting with people in a gym and in person and talking but like typing and trying to communicate over the internet is is, is a whole different ball game so mm. that's been a big part of like actually getting leads and then as well like the course was great because it gave me like a, a sales script that I kind of like turned into my own thing. So having an actual sales script is a big, big part of my, my system as well. 
And then also <laughs> there's so many things like the app that I use, the the meal plans that I use, like they're all different softwares that you plug in, the forms that I use, like there's all these systems that I've learned just slowly over time and I've gradually built on that have made it like so much easier for myself. But you can't really like, you can't really know what what's going to work for your business until you actually do it. I think like when I first started, I just tried to have everything done straight up. And it's like, it's just not a really good approach. You just have to like slowly build one thing at a time. Because like, I kind of did it the first time with the first course. I built everything out and then none of it worked. <laughs> Put like 40 hours into this thing and I haven't got anywhere. Build it and they will come. It's not the philosophy that obviously results no. in a successful career. And I love what you said there. There were some really powerful points that you sort of covered about, you know, obviously setting up systems, but also just taking it step by step and growing the business sort of as it comes. I think when we're very new, it's about networking. It's about connecting and how many conversations mm. have you had with your niche client? So for you to be engaging people through DMs and through your content is starting to help you build that reputation as this niche trainer and bringing people towards you. Mm -hmm. And like you say, there'll be a point when that shifts where that engagement will be able to go less and just through your reputation alone, the business will continue to sort of grow. You know, you mentioned the hardest part so far has been that engagement with people. What else mm. have you found difficult moving from being the in-person personal trainer to being the online coach? I think just the the nature of the the whole game like being online like you're in front of a computer you have to spend a lot of time on your phone you're thinking about creating content you're not like just going into a gym and talking to people which is what i used to really enjoy and like don't get me wrong i still talk to heaps of people like on calls and um, my clients talk to them all the time as well but it is just a different level of communication that you would have in a gym and i think I found that really difficult at the beginning because it became very like solo. It became very just me doing it. And one of the things that I'm looking forward to the most is building a team so I can actually like work with people to do this thing. But yeah, that, that's been really difficult because I'm like, I grew up on a farm. I'm like a country kid. Like I like being outdoors. Like I do physical stuff all the time. So being behind a computer and kind of changing that lifestyle has been like a massive challenge. But at the same time, it's the best because it allows me to do what I want to do. You know? That's it, mate. You got to sacrifice a few things just to get that freedom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now that you've done it though, would you ever go back to the gym? Honestly, like I don't think I would ever go back to doing one-on-one stuff, but retreats or like workshops like these sorts of things i'm keen on doing eventually i'm not sure how it's going to like become part of my package and what i offer but yeah i'm definitely considering like doing some sort of like group group stuff because i think the online space the hardest thing that i've found to build is a community mm. because it's it's a, a lot easier for someone to be involved if they rock up to a space and there's people around them in person, but it's a lot harder for them to engage a group on Facebook. They're like, oh, I don't want to look at my phone or whatever, and they don't want to be in the group, or maybe they don't have Facebook or something like that. So it's like the community aspect is something that I've really found challenging to try and get everyone together. And I think like maybe like half yearly retreats for clients could be like an amazing service that would like provide heaps of value for them. I really, really like that the idea of that. I think, you know, that's a big thing. A lot of coaches that I work with and a lot of coaches I speak to I experience once I'm out of the gym, I'm not connecting face-to-face -face with the clients. I'm not working with my colleagues and you do feel very sort of isolated. So to have those events or to be able to get back in front of people and network and, 
and and keep those skills current is is very powerful so i love that idea and i i hope that you know you can keep following that because i think workshops and retreats are a natural sort of progression that will lead to even more growth of your business i'd like to go back to talking about this team you know obviously you've built this business and now you're considering that you've got this sort of vision of where you want to take it what's that going to look like in the future do you hope Cool. I don't know. Like I have an idea in my head of like how it'll kind of work, but like there's obviously going to be like issues with finding the wrong employees or like maybe I would make the wrong hire first and I should have got a salesperson instead of a trainer or whatever. But my thought process behind it is I'll be taking a load off what I do. And so that would either be the lead generation with messaging or with with advertisement and getting a trainer and someone to come underneath me as like an apprentice kind of thing that I could teach them how to use my systems that I've built and then getting a salesperson would be the next one for someone to take the calls and then my main role would be like creating content and also like fulfilling on the client's journey so like I would actually be the one on the coaching calls and take them through the process and all that sort of jazz that's what I think anyway but we'll see what are the aspects that you love most about what you're doing now? Coaching people. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, outsource all those things, those extra parts of the business. Don't get me wrong. I do enjoy doing it and they've been really um, beneficial for me to learn. But I actually just like coaching people when it comes down to it and building the relationships with people and actually helping people get their results as well. Like it's just, that's the whole part of the business that really like lights me up. And then like the other sides of it, I know are necessary, like marketing and social media, but like it's definitely more of a grind <laughs> to, to do that stuff. It's, it's a good thing to think about. It's like, what am I passionate about? What are the parts that I enjoy? And create that role for yourself if you've got that ability. And then the shit that you don't like, you know, if it's the marketing and it's the sales and that stuff, that's the first stuff to really outsource. It's like, okay, if I've got that ability to pay for this and get it off my plate, and free up your time, then, you know, that's probably a really good sort of spot for you to start. 100%. The only thing that I've like thought about is because so far I am the business, my face, bald head, mustache guy, you know, that'll be the last thing that will transition out of, I think, because if I build it to where I imagine it's going to go and I have a team, I'm still going to have to be the face of the whole thing for a long period of time. And then for me to eventually like step out of the content creating and whatnot, I think that'd be the last thing to go just because... Whether I like it or not, most people are buying the service because they're buying it for me or for for the interaction with me, not necessarily because of something else at the moment anyway, but hopefully eventually it becomes about the service. It's, It's definitely a big part of it. Obviously, people want to see you. They want to understand your world. They want to know who you are, your character. You're the one building the trust and building the relationship. So to step back from that is, isn't going to be an easy task. But like you say, if you want to continue to help people and you want to expand, it's a natural progression in the long run, for sure. I want to talk about your health. How are you feeling You know yourself now that you've created this career and what's it allowed you to do in terms of taking care of your own health? Great question. Recently, just with the move to Queensland, I've been like a bit kind of just like stressed about where the business is going to go. So mentally, I'm kind of in a weird, weird place just because I'm, I'm unsure to give it more context. Melbourne is the safety net. I could easily stop online and go back to training people because I've got heaps of clients who want to train with me there. So moving to Queensland was like, nah, it's gone. Like you cut it off sort of thing. And that's been quite daunting, not having that safety net. So 
my headspace has been kind of like caught in between those things. But in terms of like my ability to look after myself or training, like it's been better than ever because I'm not working 10 hours with clients and then having to do a two hour training session on top of that and then backing that up five days in a row and then wondering why I feel like an absolute bag of dicks on the weekend. <laughs> so, so now it's like I might work, you know, like six hours one day, train for two hours and then the next day I might work four hours and train for three hours and the next day I might work for 12 hours and not train at all or whatever like the variety is really nice it kind of like lets me do what I feel is like right for my body like some days I just can't train because I'm tired and that's fine and then some days I can train forever and that's fine as well the ability to control my schedule has allowed me to kind of do whatever I feel which is really really nice I think it's just something that all trainers are striving towards to better have that freedom to, you know, choose their own hours, which is epic. Time, how do you go with time management? You know, before at the gym, it's sort of like your career is based around everyone else's time. You, you work when it suits them, not when it suits you. But now you've got this, you've got all this freedom. You can choose. What have you found with managing your own time? This, yeah, that, that was probably the hardest thing to actually like, cause uh, cause you're on social media all the time. Like, at the beginning, and I still fall victim to it now. Like I just get caught in the biggest vortex of all time, like <laughs> fucking looking at shit on my phone, just because I didn't have to be anywhere. I've blocked out like social media planning for an hour, and then I'd get on my phone and just look at shit down the vortex, <laughs> and, the trap. Oh, <laughs> it's such a trap, such a vampire. <laughs> but now, like very strict, like kind of blocks into my calendar for time management. So, and, and I try to almost play a game with it a little bit. So it's like, all right, I've got an hour to do programming for a new client. And that's the time that I get. If it goes over, I have to leave it sort of thing. And so when I get to the end of that hour, I'm like on to the next task. So it kind of makes me like actually push hard for that hour because I know that I'm not allowed to do it afterwards. And I found that's helped because I find when you give yourself a time restraint, you actually do it a lot quicker. If you had a test, for example, and the test was on at the end of the week, you would wait all week until the last day and then you would do all the work in that one day and then do the test. It's like, why wouldn't you just put the restraint really tight on you? Let's say it's not a test and it's just a task that you have to do and make it only an hour and just get it done in that hour. And then if you, can't, if you don't get it done, that's it. Time's up sort of thing. So I've been, yeah. trying, to, I've been trying to have that approach. It's been helpful. And, but at the same time, like I try not to be too stressed about it because I don't want to like stress myself out. It's great that you can break down your goals into small actionable tasks and give yourself actual time zones that you're going to sit down and do that task. How do you go managing bigger projects? So let's say you're working more on your business and on your career, and it's something that you know is going to take a lot of work. What goes through your sort of mind or through your process about setting up that those big chunks of work? This is where I've found having an external mentor helping you create the structure around it helps a lot. Because in my head, I can be like, all right, this thing is this big. It might take me like X amount of hours. I'm going to dedicate five hours a week to this thing, which is good. But having someone else like kind of actually put the steps in place for you for what you need to do like I found is, is super, super beneficial. Like for example, I'm really close to going into launching my first Facebook and Instagram ads. And I've been working with a friend of mine and he is like somewhat an expert at ads. And so he's kind of like helped me get the checklist going. And then every, every day I'm like, all right, I've got an hour to work on ads. I go into the checklist and I just smash it out. Boom, 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 smash up all the things I need to do. And then that hour's done. 
next day I've got another hour that I can do the same tasks or finish off the rest of the things. But I think if I was trying to, if I was trying to make that checklist myself with something that I didn't actually understand or I didn't know process, it would take like infinitely longer, so much longer. You're calling on the expertise of other professionals. Like, you know, you're great at coaching, you're great at delivering the service to your clients, but there are obviously areas where that's not your strength, but to be able to connect with mentors or have coaches or have someone there to guide you is definitely uh, going to save you a lot of time and energy in the future. You know, you've mentioned the course that you sort of done. You've mentioned this mate that's helping you with marketing. Who, who else have you sort of connected with or what other, you know, services have you called on to help you with this online career? There's a real, there's a real like thin line between doing a course and actually getting benefit from it and then doing a course because you want this thing to save you, to make your life easier sort of thing. Because doing a course is great and I've done courses and jumped into them and just like not been ready and it has not been the right thing and it's been the biggest waste of money because it wasn't what I needed. I didn't think about it. I kind of fell victim to the marketing, all that sort of jazz. And so I think there's a really, really thin line between knowing what's the right course to do or actually just doing it yourself and doing the work like some things you just have to figure out on your own you know but to answer your question yeah so this course that i did was by a guy called tanner chister he's an american dude he built an online fitness business i think the reason why that worked so well for me is because he had actually done the exact thing that he was teaching like a lot of people do courses for, let's say it's like Facebook ads or whatever, and they're learning from someone who's got an e-com background. And so it might be just slightly different to what you're actually wanting. So you can't make it fit perfectly. So if I was to give any like recommendation, it would be like find someone who's actually teaching a course exactly what you're trying to learn and what you're trying to do, like commit to that. And then also like the, I think the biggest thing that's helped me over the period of time is like having mentors and I didn't really pay much attention to this at the beginning of my PT career but the amount of people that I've been able to call on like now and ask for help because of being a nice person and helping people and building these connections earlier on that I didn't think were actually valuable in my head I was just building connections because I liked them or I enjoyed talking to them so we became mates and now because of that I'm able to call on these connections and get recommendations from people that have just helped me immensely, that have just changed my whole business, basically. Like an example is uh, my friend who's doing the, the ads with me. He was he was a client of mine who came from a, a, a really good friend and he basically recommended this guy to do my program. We did two 16-week two blocks together and then I just asked him because I knew what he did, like, hey, I'll pay for your services. He's like, nah. Don't worry about it. I'll just help you for free. Like if I didn't build a good relationship with him, there's no way that he would have just been like open to helping me. You know, It's so hard to do what you do solo. Obviously a lot of the work is solo, but you save so much time when you just call on the expertise of others. And it's awesome that you've, you know, you've found that in one of your clients or you've found that in through friends or even through past connections that you've sort of built. Definitely a, a great way to speed up the growth of, you know, your online career and call on those expertise. What are you working on now? So right now I'm working on basically the lead generation side of the business so that it's more sustainable because to give the listeners a bit of an idea of like the cold outreach I was doing, like it's close to like anywhere from 40 to 100 cold messages a day 
So like you racking up 700 messages a week. So it's like quite a time consuming uh, process and also a very like mentally draining one. And so going into um, Facebook ads has been a really, a really big focus of mine recently because it's going to take the weight off that. And also looking into getting some help with like a virtual um, assistant to do some messaging for me as well has been another area that I'm kind of testing out. But I've always been a bit hesitant about that one because I feel like the quality might drop off a little bit or I'm not really sure. I haven't gone down that path yet. So they're the two areas that are kind of focusing on for um, lead generation. And then in terms of the back end, trying to automate a bit, not not fully automate, but automate my um, program selection. So at the moment, if someone uh, joins up to my program, they would go through a type form out of the questions that they answer, it would like classify them as a level of program, like a handstand one rings to mobility program. And then that would just automatically get put into my app and they would have their program. And then I would go and just do the tweaks to make sure that it's all like set and, and fully customized to them, but it would do most of the heavy lifting for me as well. And that way, like if I do get to a hundred clients or I do get to however many clients, like that is a really big chunk of time that's kind of been saved because the programming side of it, when you try and make things like customized and like exactly to them is time consuming as. <laughs> I love that because I think so many coaches want to come online and they want to do individualized programming, which is great. I totally get it. But the reality is to sit down and write individual programs for a hundred clients is just never going to happen. You just don't have that time. But when you've got a niche and you know the clients that you're training and they're all working towards the same goal, you can have this template method that it sounds like you've built and just make slight tweaks. I love the fact that you say it does the heavy lifting, but you're still customizing it you know, to each individual client. That's a really mm-hmm. smart way to build a system or build a scalable system that's going to help you obviously get to a certain point. Maybe it's 100, maybe it'll break at 80, but you know, you're going to figure out how to modify that and step forward. That's awesome to hear, man. If you weren't in a niche, it'd be so much harder to do that. Like you'd have to make like a thousand templates based off the people that you were getting. Is one person might want to do powerlifting, one person might want to do cardio, one person wants to do circuits. And you can just imagine like how many programs you can possibly write for the people in the world. Mm. So like being niche is basically the only reason why I could do that because if, if I wasn't, there's no way you could do it. It's such a powerful tool that just gets overlooked. I think a lot of people just don't understand it. You know, mm. I choose a niche and that's just what I post as my bio on, on, my, on my social media. <laughs> I definitely did that. <laughs> <laughs> We've all done that, mate. We've all done that. Don't worry. So yeah, it's great to see that, you know, you've, you've done a deep dive into your client. You know what they want and you know how to use your niche in terms of, you know, creating such great systems and processes behind the scene, which is fantastic. You've done such a great job, Jack, and it's been an, an inspiration to sort of watch, you know, your career grow. And obviously there's been struggles and challenges along the way, but it seems like you have the ability to stay motivated and you have the ability to pivot and learn from your mistakes. It's honestly been like way harder than I thought it was going to be, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> like, like there's been countless times I've been like, man, just like, what are you doing? Like do something easier. Like what's the point of this? And I honestly can't give up on this whole thing. And I think that's that's a big part of it, like with this whole online space or with any business that someone wants to do, you're just not going to be very good at it at the beginning. And you have to have that ability to not give up and keep pushing. Otherwise, you'll never actually know if you get there or not. 
but it's it's so true. You just have to push through the shit days because there's heaps of them, and then then there's really good days as well. Before you were sort of saying how things are not perfect, and I think a lot of coaches are trying to wait until they build the perfect solution before they go online or before they start to market or before they start to take on clients, and it's just the wrong approach. You've got to get in there. You've got to actually take action, and you've got to fail. You've got to make mistakes, and if you're not doing that, then there's no chance that you're ever going to build, you know, a successful online business. So yeah, you know, it's yeah. great. It's great to see that you're you're moving to towards your fears in a sense you've left the comfort zone of melbourne and that fallback like you said and it's all in it's like i've got to make this work which is sometimes the best way i think it's kind of the only way like for me anyway like if there was a safety net i would probably use it (laughs) so i'm like all right just don't give yourself the option you know what do you think you've sacrificed to get to where you are today lots of things (laughs) in terms of like learning like i learned a lot when i was at fifth element and I had to sacrifice. Uh, one was the income because it was quite a lower pay. But on the other side of that, um, you were, we got so much extra benefit. I got to be mentored by Dave for three years. For me, that is the most invaluable like service and learnings that I could ever have because he single-handedly basically changed me as a trainer. So like you can't put a, a value on that. But being there and the amount of sacrifice that it took in terms of time, because I was just like there about 10, 12 hours a day. And also like I did three gut protocols with them. So like I couldn't do anything for, for like a good 18 months of my life out of that time there because mm-hmm. I was six-month protocols. In terms of sacrificing, like I gave up a really, really uh, comfortable, easy face-to-face business that was doing quite well that I'd hit the ceiling on and it was either, you know, I pushed myself into the uncomfortable and actually commit to this thing, this online game, or I just forget about it and go back to just being a trainer, you know, and not, and not learning something different. And I think, yeah, that's been the biggest sacrifice and, and ultimately going to be the biggest payoff as well because I can see, like, the skills that I'm learning now are skills that can be used in any business if I want to go into something else or I want to learn some other some other skills or do another business. I think like I would do it five times quicker than how I've done it now because I know how to do it. The personal growth has obviously been huge when you've stepped away from that comfort zone and put yourself in this position, which is um, obviously great to see. If you were to think about how sustainable is this career and you know, could you work into your 60s, 70s, maybe doing this in comparison to where you were and working face-to-face? Definitely not doing face-to-face at 60 (laughs) even though just saying i'm probably going to be punching handstands out when i'm 60 just just on the record there yeah Yeah, like the online thing i think what i'm doing now is something that i like i don't necessarily think i'll do like till i'm 60 or whatever but it does have the potential i can do that for sure because it's not taxing my body I can choose my time, like all that sort of stuff. I think people would just start to not really listen to me as much as I started getting older, like teaching high-level gymnastic stuff or whatever. I don't, I don't really know. Maybe they would because I was like a master or some shit. Yeah. But I think the the stuff that I'm learning with business, just like how business actually works and the things you need to be on top of with business is something that I could put into any other like skill and then do that till I'm 60. Whereas... What I was learning from face-to-face, like I could open a gym and maybe that would lead me to somewhere else. But if I just stayed doing what I was doing, like I was learning zero skills 
I was learning zero things about business, marketing, all those extra good things. So, yeah, in terms of longevity, this is a- what you choose to do in your future. There's probably lots more opportunity now because you've taken this step. Jack, it's been mm-hmm. awesome to hear about your career. And just in the last few minutes, I'd like to ask just a couple of questions to finish off with. <laughs> Number one, if you were to gift a book to a personal trainer who wants to build a sustainable career, what would that book be? There's two books that come to mind, but I'll just give you one of them. And it's a more like philosophical one. It's by a Vietnamese Buddhist called, I'm going to absolutely stuff his pronunciation. <laughs> it's Thich Nhat Hanh, Thich Nhat Hanh, something like that. And he wrote a book that impacted me like profoundly called No Mud, No Lotus. And it basically, the whole premise of the book, it, t- it talks about the balance between suffering and happiness. And you can't really have happiness without suffering. So you have to experience what suffering is to then experience success or happiness or whatever. And it relates it to the, to the lotus flower because it grows from the mud through the water and then becomes like a beautiful flower. See, there's no lotus without the mud. That's mm. definitely something that we can all relate to in our personal training careers. So yeah. <laughs> we definitely start in the mud and we have to get out of there. So uh, you got to yeah. dig yourself out of the mud. Yeah, exactly that, mate. Yeah. <laughs> if you could go back in time and give your younger self some advice, what would that advice be? It would, it would be advice that I'd still give to myself now, occasionally as well. And it would be like not to focus on the money and not to focus on like uh, the financial benefit of what you're going to do. That's obviously important like because you need money. But if it's your sole focus, it becomes very, very soul-destroying. Like you, you end up hating what you're doing. You start to lose the joy in what you're actually trying to achieve. You forget about like the actual purpose of what you're trying to do. So, yeah, don't focus on the money. I think I see that with a lot of coaches, like even through our careers, you're probably the same. The coaches that you see that focus on money just don't really have the passion or the purpose. And often they're the guys charging the least for their services and they're just trying Mm. to do more work, but it just doesn't relate. I think if we focus on, you know, what we're good at and focus on the client results, money's a side effect of that. So I couldn't agree more that it's, you got to find what you love, what you're passionate about, mm-hmm. really stick to it and just do a great job at it. And the money will come. It'll take care of itself. So it's great to hear that advice. In these days, like you're just bombarded with like people on Instagram or social media that look like they're doing better than you, I think. And it's for, for me, it's always been a monetary thing. Like there'll be a code that's like oh this is how i made a million dollars and you're like oh fuck why not it doesn't actually matter <laughs> at all like if you provide a good service and then figure out how to do it all eventually you might make a million dollars but if you just focus on a million dollars you're gonna feel like shit until or if not you don't get there at all you know the power of marketing mate it can be a terrible thing can't it my last question for you mate is if you could have dinner with anyone be them alive or dead who who would that be and why I think I mentioned this guy to you last time we spoke and his name's Alex Hormozzi and he is like an entrepreneur from the States and he's a bit of a legend. He's just recently read a book and he uh, does free courses and stuff and if people don't follow him, definitely follow him. He's great. He's got a really interesting outlook on, uh, on just life and meaning and business and things like that and I think 
he would be very interesting to have a conversation with. Like, I don't reckon you'd do much talking. I think he would just talk the whole time. <laughs> you'd just be taking notes, mate. <laughs> you'd just be there just like getting just constant downloads of gold. Just like. That's some solid answers to those questions and definitely stuff I'll be looking up um, once we get off this call. Um, <laughs> if, if people want to get in touch with you, Jack, and they want to find out more about what you do, where's the best place for them to reach out? Currently, Instagram or um can go onto my website which is stateofmotion.co but my instagram handle is just jackturner.som which is state of motion and that's probably where i'm the most yeah where i'm there the most so yeah wicked jack really appreciate your time and your insights into you know what you've done in terms of growing your career and i know a lot of coaches will get a lot out of that before we finish up is there anything else you'd like to add not really mate we've covered heaps yeah i really appreciate your time mate it's been a, it's been a pleasure so thanks for having me on I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Protect the Asset podcast. I'd be grateful if you can leave a comment, add a review, and share this podcast with those who might find it helpful. Thanks for listening, and I wish you all the success and happiness with your personal training career.